0: Miracy,
1: You all know, you can tell the difference between a trained coach and a person who just has life experience. Because the life experience person, here's the way to think about it, everybody, they don't have a context to listen to you through. I know that's jargony, but a trained coach is listening at a different level. A non-trained coach is just offering you advice. And you can feel the difference.
0: Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called the Coaches Console, and we've helped over 50,000 entrepreneurs in creating their own profitable coaching businesses. In this podcast, I explore difficult coaching conversations together with other coaches. In this episode, we're going to discuss what may be somewhat of a hot potato. When I started my coaching career, my coach at the time, Kate, said it's important to be trained. I agree on that and got my training, but not everyone shares the point of view. I'm going to explore the topic of formal training as a coach. Some people think it's necessary and some don't. And with me today, I have a person who does think it's important, a person that inspires people to be their best. For today's topic, I've invited Rick Tamlin. Rick is a master certified coach and a senior trainer at the Coactive Training Institute, formerly the Coaches Training Institute. I first met Rick back in 2004 when I was going to coaching conferences put on by the ICF. He was the MC and Rick has a passion for coaches being trained to be great at coaching. When you're trained properly, you can really bring your best work for incredible transformation with your clients. And he is the embodiment and the epitome of that. Welcome, Rick.
1: Well, hello, Melinda. It's a pleasure to be here. And when you just said the embodiment, I went, oh, really? I get Yeah. You know, when people announce you and you're like, oh my, is that true? And so thank you for having that be true by just saying it.
0: Yeah, it's how I've certainly seen you over all these years, and I am so happy to have you here today. And, you know, we always have a lot of fun when we get together, and we've got a lot to talk about on this particular topic. But before we dive into the discussion, would you mind sharing a little bit of your background, you know, especially as it relates to our topic today?
1: Sure. I was an actor in New York City, and I had met Henry Kimsey House. Who was one of the founders of the Coaches Training Institute? But the journey started there because I was a part of an organization that he was running that helped actors be more authentic, be more real, be more in touch with their values and what matters in life. Because he started to connect the dot that when actors are more satisfied with themselves and their own life, if you will, they would get more parts because there wasn't so much desperation energy. I hope that makes sense because it, it became a forefront of what life coaching sort of birthed out of is how do you help people get in touch with what matters, make decisions in line with that, realize that the perspectives they're in are creating their reality on some level and also be what I like to call emotionally fluid. So the acting industry is where I started, moved to LA, took some first workshop with the Coaches Training Institute became a coach certified through their program, which was in its infancy. This is back in the mid-90s. And then they started to grow, and I threw my hand up and said, hey, could I train this stuff? And they were like, I don't know, but come to a program to learn how to train their material. Did that. Here we are approximately 27 years later. I've led over a 1,000 workshops for the Coaches Training Institute. I wrote a book through Hay House. Now I speak and I train and I teach and still coach as well. So have this very prolific career and feel very blessed by it all.
0: You certainly have impacted a lot of people. I know, you know, like while we're walking down this memory lane, when I did my coach training back in 2003, which feels like lifetimes ago, one of the aspects of my coach training was through CTI and going for a weekend for one of their programs and you were there so I got to experience you with the conferences and with CTI and you know there's a lot of coaches probably many that are listening in that have been coaching since before coaching schools were even a thing right like you just talked about you were in that group and I know when I first started you could count on one hand how many official coach training schools there were How has getting trained as a coach evolved with the evolution of the coaching industry?
1: That's a great question. You know, I think the coaching industry took off for various reasons, but one of them was there wasn't a structured place for people to go to, to talk about sort of the current state of my life and to be able to talk about the future state of my life. And I think it took off because people were like, Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be analyzed and I'm not going to be told what to do, but I am going to sort of understand myself better and start to make better choices for myself. Thank you so much for this conversation, coach. Right. So there's the hunger that got activated in terms of being trained. I think it's super important. Whatever school one picks, there is a philosophy and an understanding to what makes humans tick what has us do what we do why do we make the choices we make and i happen to align with cti's philosophy on that so when you sign up for a coaching school you're signing up for a philosophical underpinning of how the human condition works best and i love that and there's many different versions of that out there so i think without training it's just a bunch of and i don't mean to say this is a bad thing but it's just a bunch of opinionating you know that conversation we have with friends whereas when you get trained you're behind the curtain you're listening in a different way you're understanding what's happening to a person from a different place and the big distinction to play with and I know most of you know this out there you're not just solving a problem for that person you're helping this person understand how to quote unquote solve their problem or move forward with their life
0: yeah and I love that you put in the piece that without the training It's just a bunch of opinionating, like that conversation with friends, right? It's more of that kind of dynamic and that energy. And so that's one of the things about coaches, right? Usually these skills are inherent with us. We just have to become conscious of them, understand how to use them intentionally and in a structured way, be mindful of those and hone in those skills. But without that training, it's just, you know, we're good listeners. We can have good conversations and provide accountability. But, you know, coaching is more than that.
1: It deepens the gravitas of the conversation. And the coach opens up the aperture to, okay, let's go behind the curtain. What's happening here? And I just find that fascinating. And by the way, if you're listening as a coach, we must be fascinated and intrigued and blown away by the dynamicness of what it means to be a human being. Like, you have to be obsessed with the topic. And why I say that is, we and myself, we should be being trained forever. Every three years, I have to submit more CEUs of what's my latest training of understanding the human condition better. Because it's evolving. And I love that. So I'm in a business, and you all that are listening, right? You're in a business that you are evolving, and the industry is evolving, and it's going to go to the next level of its consciousness and itself forever. And I want to go to my grave in that, right? Rather than I know and I'm done. Because if you think you know and you're done, you're no longer a coach. You're now a consultant.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's another important distinction. And, you know, over the last several years, I've been really looking at the evolution of the coaching industry and One of the things that I've noticed is in the early days of the coaching industry, in the 80s and 90s-ish, it was before my time, it was really about the person being coached wanted to have somebody that they could talk with, have those conversations with that they couldn't have other places. But it was more about the ahas, the change in perspective uh, with that accountability, And the coach, you know, they had to be present and they had to be engaged in that conversation. And then when you fast forward a little bit, now all of a sudden we're kind of moving out of the information age and we're going into that experience age where gamification and the experience that somebody has. And so now coaches, it wasn't just enough to just show up to the session, but what's the experience I'm going to create? How am I going to roll out the red carpet? How am I going to engage them in the process of coaching? you know, whether it's one-on-one or within groups. And then fast forward to the recent years, and I truly believe that we're going into the results revolution. You've heard me talk about this before, but now as coaches, not just understanding the human condition that's evolving in the new buyer today, the everyday person is demanding results because of how chaotic the world is. And so I think that's part of that evolution is as coaches, we have to understand how things are changing and what the clients are looking for and needing and requiring.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I love that you've sort of how you did that and sort of named the different eras, if you will. And to comment on the outcome and the results thing, I agree. I want to be careful that like we in the coaching industry get pulled into that. You know, because I, as a coach, I can't guarantee anything, but I think what you're really pointing to, if I might, Melinda, is that earliest days of coaching actually had that built in and it got lost for a little while. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My very first coach, Cynthia Lloyd-Darst, who's a brilliant coach, she was with me each week and I would talk about my life and stuff. And I don't know, about maybe two months into our relationship, I bring up the, you know, well, I have this job and I started to do the complaining about my job one more time. And she goes, stop, stop, stop talking. And she literally said this, she goes, I'm done. I'm done with that conversation. So unless we have a different topic to talk about today, I'm hanging up the phone or you're quitting or you're not going to complain about it because I can't be with this topic anymore because I'm so bored of it. That's literally what she said. Mm. Now, what I love about sharing that example is what I would remember most of my probably three years of working with Cynthia is that conversation. Now, to me, that was coaching. And here's the cool thing. She was naming the voice in my head. I was bored of the conversation. I was done with the conversation. And I just was using her as a sounding board, like another friend that I can complain about my life with. So I'll come back around to your point. I think we got to go back to that. Like we got to hold the accountability a bit tighter these days. I think it's getting a little soft.
0: Mm -hmm. I would certainly agree with that. I'm sure every generation sees this, but the chaos and the complexity of the world that we're in, the cultures that we live in, the societies that we live in, and the, all oh, the long list of things that we are all having to deal with and challenged with is more complex and chaotic than ever before. And so as coaches, I think you're exactly right. We have to hold to that accountability even stronger to get out of the friend mode and get into the coach mode. And that, I think that's where uh, my personal belief is that's where coach training really helps us to hone those skills.
1: Right. Because it can drift towards a lot of beautiful compassion with the challenges of life, right? And holding people in that and letting them be with that. And maybe there's some tears. But then there's also the reminding the client like, okay, what's the life you want? Like, no kidding. We're going for it, right? That's the agenda here. Like, we're holding that bar. I say this a lot to my clients and the program that I offer my people is, Be careful of drifting towards the philosophy of managing the circumstances in your life versus I'm actually taking a stand and making choices and decisions for the life I want. You need to be trained because then the coach listens to the circumstances and then is able to reflect back and go, I get all that's happening. It's huge. There's a lot. What's that value you need to honor more? And what's the decision that's going to move you forward with the life you want? Like, let's look there instead of trying to fix all these circumstances. That's where the training comes in on the listening and the muscling, if you will, to push people. And I mean this in a direct way, to push people over to taking more responsibility for their lives. Because that's the ultimate job of a coach is to help people take more responsibility for the life they have. Beautiful.
0: Now, if someone wants to be a coach and explore coach training, like where should they look? What's the first step? Because I know with our listeners, we have a lot of people that they're like, I want to be a coach, but I'm not ready, but I am kind of ready. And so they're in that, they've got one foot heading in that direction. So what's the first step?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, Melinda, you and I know each other. I come biased to a particular training (laughs) because I just think it's, I'll go into it in a second, but where do you start? You go online. There's probably what, 250 coaching schools at this point. Um, I would certainly pick only an international coach federation blessed school. That's the first thing, right? There's a lot out there. And I also want to name the word coach has been commoditized in ways that it's not coaching. Just be very clear. So you want to be really clear when you go look for a school. Is it a school that's aligned with helping people understand the human condition better? Or is it a training on how to get an outcome? And you know, the seven steps to make $7 million in 12 minutes That's not coach training, that's consulting, business consulting. So I want to make that distinction. One other criteria for training, it must be experiential. You can't read about it. It must have live, interactive coaching demos, experiencing coaching. The only way to really be transformed into becoming a really healthy adult coach is to be coached and also do it live in front of other people nothing's going to grow you faster than that. So that's a criteria to pick a school, and there's a lot now that do it virtually. So I am biased to Coactive Training Institute, right? They just renamed themselves. Mm -hmm. I will be a proud early adopter of that particular brand and that particular training. What you gravitate towards, that's the school you should go to, as long as it's International Coach Federation accredited.
0: Now, when I was going through my training uh, I took an eclectic approach because when i was uh i i did that i I went to the i c f and I looked at the time there was you know a handful of coach training schools at that time, and one of the options was I could do an eclectic path. I didn't have to do all my training from one yep. program, which a lot of my colleagues really liked that because they found that philosophy that aligned with them. Uh the people that they aligned with, and then they just dove into that and stayed with that. but I found the eclectic approach, so I did my core fundamentals through one program, I did some through c t i it was c t i at the time uh and I went through about four different areas, four different schools to piece my training together because I resonated with different places uh for different reasons but i I built my training but still met the requirements. And I really liked that approach. That served me very well and has continued to serve me well over the years.
1: Yeah. What I like about doing it that way is you're grabbing philosophy from all different places. So you have a lot to work with. You know, it's not just sort of one path or one response or one way to listen or one way to think about the human condition, which for those of you that are trained already or thinking about getting trained again, we are on the path together to be trained in new philosophies and new ideas forever. always. I have a coach in my life. I also work with a Jungian therapist, right? Been working with this guy for eight years. I'm going to work with this person forever. He's brilliant. I have grabbed some concepts from that world over into my coaching industry that has been transformational. It's not therapy, but there's concepts from that world that he trains me in that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's useful for every human to know. So why I share that is you all, as you're listening, there's other modalities, there's other resources out there, bring, you know, just let yourself use it all. Right. So
0: now what's going on in people's minds that decide, Oh, you know, I don't need to have training. Like what's going on with them?
1: (laughs) What's going on with them? Wow. What a great question. I I wasn't prepared by the way, for those of those things, these were not prepared. I did not was told I was going to be asked these questions. What's going on in their mind? Well, um, the word coaches out there, And I'll become a coach because I know some things. And I'll share my wisdom and call myself a coach. I don't fault people for that. I think the industry is at a place now, especially from a corporate and an organizational perspective, the letters behind our names matter. You know, I did a lot of work inside IBM and a number of other high-end companies, and they needed to know the letters and where I was trained and, you know, it was super important. So I don't know how to answer that exactly. Other than lots of people jumping on the bandwagon of a multi-billion dollar industry now. And, you know, I'm going to get involved, right? Now, there's the folks who are the deep divers and are going to really do it. And you can feel the difference between the people who've done the deep dive and the people who were just the shallow, you know, throw your shingle out there and who can I attract to have some conversations with. And I dare say most of that coaching, if you will, is fixing Mm -hmm. versus advancing people's responsibility and consciousness and things like that. Not to get too woo-woo, but I really do believe coaches are in the consciousness advancing business.
0: Mm, I like that framing. When I've had conversations with individuals and I hear them say some variation of, oh, I, I don't need to have that training. When I continue that conversation out of curiosity with them. A lot of times I will hear people say things like, my life experience is enough training. That's the training I need. And while that's true, and it certainly lends a lot to your experience and the compassion that you have and how you can hold space and relate to your clients, that's an element of it, right? It's not the whole picture. And When we have those conversations with those folks I say, oh, I don't need training. You know, I think a lot of them are just, because of what I hear them talk about, they just want to get in quick and start getting clients quickly. And there's this sense of, well, if I do training, that's going to delay things. And it's an interesting dynamic that people have. And then there's a group that are like, let me just do this, make some money, dare I say, get rich quick, and then move on. And I think it's really important because where the coaching industry is going, it's now not why coaching, but why you as the coach. And so the buyer in today's market Mm. is really looking at, you know, I'm looking at these four coaches or these three coaches. Why should you be my coach? And I think training is going to be a distinction that people are looking for. How are you trained? What are you trained in? How can you serve and support me? in comparison to some of these others that are out there.
1: Yeah, and to, to your point on the sort of using life as the resource for I'm trained, this is a recommendation for all of you. Most of you that are listening are thinking about coaching or becoming a coach or you're a new coach, but for folks who becoming our clients, I'm always telling go try on at least three to four coaches. And you all know, you can tell the difference between a trained coach and a person who just has life experience. Is a life experience person, here's the way to think about it, everybody, they don't have a context to listen to you through. I know that's jargony, but a trained coach is listening at a different level. A non-trained coach is just offering you advice, and you can feel the difference. So yes, training, and yes to your life wisdom, there's a combo there that comes together. But without that context of a program or a school or a philosophy, I'm just another friend. As I said before, I'm just another friend offering some advice. And that's what I used to do. And advice giving is, you know, not an industry.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. Now, a topic that you and I disagree on. So I want to ask you a question about that. Um, I think I know this answer, but I'll ask the question. What's your... Opinion on certification, being certified as a coach? Is it a must on top of the formal training and why?
1: I think it's a must. If one is going to go into the organizational or corporate space, they now need some letters, you know, ICF letters, your school letters, right? It creates the credibility, right? And then, of course, they're going to experience you, they're going to probably try you on. And yes, you're a good coach, right? But those letters, they do matter. They've got me into many rooms that I would not have allowed to have been in without those letters. In terms of starting your coaching practice, don't need to be certified. We tell people out of the Coaches Training Institute or Coactive Training Institute, right out of the first workshop, we tell people to go coach, go get some clients, go charge a dollar, get the coaching conversation going. Because even out of that first workshop, you have enough content, you have enough concepts you have enough understanding about how to be with a person to get the ball rolling. So I guess it's contextual. Melinda is my answer and where you really want to go with your coaching practice.
0: I know when I first started, there were so many people around me that said, you have to get certified. You have to get certified. And I was like, well, if I have the formal training, if I've done my research and I'm piecing it together from all these different schools and I'm committed and I'm every year, year after year, I continue to do more training, new training, different training, and I'm evolving and I'm disciplined and committed to that with the direction I was going in my business, certification didn't feel like a necessary thing for Mm, me. And so I was trained, but not certified. Now my business partner, Kate, She was trained and certified and believed that that certification creates the structure just to help make sure the coach can show up as their best because of the requirements that are built in. You know the practice you're getting, the feedback you're getting, the experience you're gaining from that. So it's been an interesting topic over the years, certification or not. But I would agree, especially in the corporate space, that's a big distinction that they're looking for.
1: Well, your belief about certification is what's key. You know, you're like, yeah, maybe, but it's not a have to. So again, it's our, use coaching training for a second here, you know, the perspective we have about something is how we experience something. So you've decided certification is not the all end all for you. And you're a wildly successful coach and now a support structure for other people in their, in their coaching businesses. But your belief about that is what mattered most. So I'm always a fan of asking people, well, do you believe it matters? And do you think it matters to you? And they go, yes. Well, good. Then go get certified, Mm -hmm. you know, because the world's going to vote about whether I'm certified or not and have huge opinions. Right. But I have clients who've never asked me whether I've certified or not. So there's no one answer to this. What I liked about it, again, Mm -hmm. CTI moment, it's a really deep dive for a number of months, On understanding what makes people tick. Now, I found that fascinating in my certification program. To be with eight other people in a pod for nine months, looking behind the curtain of the human condition and debriefing that with each other was like gold for me. You know, that was like, sign me up for that for the rest of my life. So I loved being in it because of what was going on in it, not for the outcome of it.
0: Yeah, I love that. Where do you see coaching training going in the future?
1: Well, where do I see it going, and where do I want it to go? Let me break that apart. (laughs)
0: Good distinction. (laughs) Yeah, I was
1: like, then I realized. Well, what do I want really? You know, way, way back when, even before your time, Melinda, when we first started in this whole industry, you know, we had this dream of every human has a coach, right? And to your point, we're not there literally on that, but there is this tipping point of we're an industry that matters and. The coaching word is out there and most people get it now. So, yay, we've come light years and the marketing and the messaging and the experience of it is, you know, it's taken about 25 years or almost 30 years. What do I want with this? Um, I do hold that vision still. I know it's a little bit pie in the sky, but the industry, what I want for the industry is to be a proud voice of that perspective Mm -hmm. and why that matters because I want us to be the voice and I do my best that we're not here to fix problems. We're here to hold people accountable to the life they want and to the creativity of how to create the life they want. And who doesn't want that? And what I love is there's all these nuances now about understanding the human condition and there's neural pathway training to understand thought patterns and there's coaching schools that do that, which In my day, with like, what? There's a neural pathway? I don't even know what that word means. And it's a bit of a leap. But I think if more people had a coaching conversation more times in a month, we wouldn't be so mad at each other. We wouldn't be so divisive right now. We wouldn't be so reactive with each other and we wouldn't be so upset. And I know that's a big leap that coaching could bring more peace to the world, but I actually think it could and can and does because you know why? It brings more peace to me. And is that not a great goal to help people is to bring peace with self? Because when I'm at peace with myself, I'm somewhat more at peace with the world. So I know that's a little bit philosophical and out there, but that's where I, if I were to lecture about coaching right now, I think you got me all lit up here. Melinda, there's a talk in there, I think.
2: (laughs) I
0: love it. I love it. And yeah, for sure. I, I believe you're onto something as well. So let's summarize a few of the things that we've talked about today. I love Rick, how you first said, you know, just the basic understanding of what we're talking about here is how the human condition works best and that it's always evolving. And without coach training, it's just a bunch of opinionating, like having a conversation with a friend, giving advice. And we went through some of the steps. If you are considering getting trained as a coach, go online. It's important to pick an ICF accredited school and Rick talked about that because there's so many out there and to really look at their philosophy as you're researching some of the schools that are out there, because there's a lot of amazing ones, research their philosophy, read about that and look into the schools that are experiential, not just that you read about or just a quick read through and now you get a stamp and seal of approval, but that they're experiential, that you have live interactive coaching demos you're watching and learning, you're being coached, you are coaching in front of others and getting feedback to have that experiential type of process built into it. And to remember that your training is not one and done. It's a commitment that as coaches, we must make year after year because the human condition, the human dynamic is always evolving. And to remember when it comes to certification, while you might get trained, you may also go for certification, but it's really what's underneath the certification, the discipline, the structure, the commitment to always be learning and growing, investing in yourself to being the best coach you can be and looking at what your clients are going to be requiring as they invest in you. So Rick, do you have any parting words that you want to share?
1: My parting words? Here's the coolest thing about being a coach. You fall in love. You fall in love over and over and over again. And I mean the adult appropriate definition of love. Like you fall in love with your clients. I always remind people, like as you're coaching somebody, do you notice that you're actually coaching yourself? So I think coaching is the best personal growth workshop that is endless than any other thing out there. So coaches out there, if you're listening, thank you for considering becoming a coach. And those of you that are our coaches right now, thank you for doing the work. Thank you for going deep. Thank you for looking. Thank you for excavating your humanness. Thank you for being vulnerable. All that inner work that you're doing, it matters. So thank you for doing that. And much, much success. We got a lot of clients out there, coaches. There's there's a lot Mm -hmm. of people to touch and a lot of people who need a different type of a conversation called a coaching conversation. So go have at it
0: beautiful now rick earlier you mentioned that you have a book and you've got a special offer for our listeners you want to share just a bit about that
1: yeah real briefly the book it's called play your bigger game it's published by hay house and related to coaching this book was birthed out of understanding the human condition even more so it's a philosophical book it's a strategy book it gives you insights on how to, quote unquote, play your bigger game in your life. That's what it's all about. There's a model attached to it. To get it started, I want to offer you the first chapter of the book. It's Ricktamlin.com forward slash bigger game book. Many, many, many coaches use it as a resource. Again, it's another resource to use with your clients. It becomes a good conversation to ask your clients, what's the bigger game you want to play with your life?
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. And thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Rick Tamlin for this amazing conversation about formal training and certification. And you can find out more about him and get a copy of chapter one at ricktamlin.com. And that's dot com forward slash bigger game book. Rick, thank you so much for coming to the show.
1: Melinda, it's been a pleasure and we are collaborators forever. So thank you so much.
0: Mm, My pleasure. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Once Upon a Business, as well as others. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Cynthia and Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. And Danny Eni is our executive producer. Post-production was by Post Office Sound. To keep listening to future episodes, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It is the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. If you have a question for Just Between Coaches, put the show title in the subject line and send it to podcasts at miracy.com. That's podcasts, plural, at mirasee, M-I-R-A-S-E-E dot com.
2: Mirasee. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it?
1: In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy, folk, or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators.
2: Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal. Sometimes it's metaphorical. But always, we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because... It's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud. We can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite.
1: To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.